Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. In January 2019, I noticed something lumbering down my driveway. The window I was looking out faces over and above the drive, if that's clear. For example, I can see the roof of your car, but not always the bottom of the tire. Regardless, I notice movement. I look out and see what I initially thought was a bear, nose to the ground, kind of snuffling its head side to side, casually walking down the drive on all fours. A little geographical clarity. I live in town. The front of my neighborhood faces a major highway, but the back is all state game lands. 
I've seen some wildlife, turkeys, a deer here and there, and every skunk in the county apparently lives on my street. I don't see many squirrels, groundhogs, or chipmunks, which is a bit odd. I'm not very far from the city of Scranton. Enjoy office fans about seven miles from downtown, so I'm not exactly in the sticks. I watched this bear mosey down toward the street, its head lowered. I moved from the living room window to my bedroom window that has a full view of the street. Sure enough, here it comes. But something is wrong. I watched this not bear stand on two legs and casually walk out into the road. I see pointed ears and a long snout. It's got its head raised, smelling the air. I felt pee run down my legs. This was no bear. I saw it in perfect silhouette under the yellow street light. It was either dark gray or black. The yellow light threw off the true color. It stood without effort, looked like one fluid movement. It then walked across the road, casual as you please, and kind of hunkered down in some scrub brush. I'm not sure what kind of brush, but it's like forsythia, all tangled and thick. Then I realized it was looking right into my bedroom. It had blue eyes. I'm not sure if that was reflected light if they were glowing. It looked right at me. I lost my legs at that moment and sat down under my window, absolutely panicked. I was home alone with five cats and a dog who slept through the whole thing. I didn't know what to do. My window is a big picture window, and if it wanted me, it easily could have gotten me. I cautiously got on my knees to peek over the sill, and I lost it. Didn't see eyes or it anywhere. It seemed to be either moving away from the forest behind my house, or I decided to rest up in that scrub brush. What I saw under the streetlight is as follows. Darkish fur, high-pointed ears. Long muzzle. I never saw teeth or if it had a tail. It had hands with long claws that hung kind of limp wrist. If they were fully extended, they would hang below the knee. It walked digity grade on dog legs. It looked heavily muscled, but had a tapered waist. It was about seven feet tall, judging from where it stood in relation to the streetlight. It was non-aggressive, even when I felt it look right at me. I was terrified, but I didn't get a sense that it was pissed off. It had been seen, as some people report. I didn't take a picture because I simply didn't think to. I was in a fair amount of shock, and I'm sure I'll eat crap for this, but sometimes your phone is the absolute last thing on your mind. The next day, I called Vic of Dogman Encounters Radio. His advice was solid, and I try and remember it when I have to go out at night. There have been some odd sounds. Tapping at my window, I can hear scratching of the siding. I don't see that many animals around the neighborhood. There used to be about seven stray cats I fed. All gone. Once the weather broke, it's been quiet. I installed motion lights and bought two game cameras. I'm hoping they are in a sense like Sasquatch. They avoid game cams. I don't ever want to see this thing again. Those of you who want to see one pray you never do. My encounter was non-aggressive. I can't imagine having to deal with this thing pissed off. I still can't sleep a full night, and every sound scares the hell out of me after dark. I live alone, and the, and the point .357 I own would probably just ruffle its fur. Thank you for taking the time to read this. It was a terrifying animal to see. I hope I never see it again, but sadly that wasn't in the cards. I'll post that story another time.
As a park ranger, Sarah had heard plenty of stories about Bigfoot sightings in the area. She always dismissed them as nothing more than tall tales, until one night when she had an encounter that she couldn't explain. Sarah was doing her rounds, checking the trails and campsites when she heard a strange noise. It was a low guttural growl that made the hairs on the back of her neck stand up. She shone her flashlight around, but couldn't see anything in the darkness. Suddenly she heard a loud snap and turned to see a massive creature standing before her. It was a bipedal brown Bigfoot towering over her at nearly eight feet tall. Its eyes glowed in the beam of her flashlight, and she could see its powerful muscles rippling beneath its fur. Sarah tried to back away slowly, but the creature took a step forward, blocking her path. She could feel the fear creeping up inside her as the creature bared its teeth, growling menacingly. Just when Sarah thought she was done for, the creature suddenly turned and ran off into the forest. She stood there, trembling and trying to catch her breath, wondering what had just happened. Over the next few days, Sarah couldn't shake the feeling that she was being watched. She heard strange noises and saw shadows moving in the trees. She even found large footprints in the dirt, confirming that what she had seen was real. Finally, she decided to do some research on Bigfoot sightings in the area. To her surprise, she found that there were dozens of reports of sightings, and even encounters like hers. Sarah continued her work as a park ranger, but she always kept her eyes and ears open for any signs of the mysterious creature. She knew that the forest held many secrets, and that she had just scratched the surface of what lay hidden within its depths. I was just an average hiker out for a day hike in the national park. I had heard the legends of the Wendigo, but I never thought I would come face to face with one. It all happened so fast. One moment I was admiring the beauty of the woods, and the next I was being tackled by a creature unlike any I had ever seen before. It was tall and thin, with matted fur and glowing eyes. It had elongated fingers that ended in sharp claws. Its mouth was wide and gaping, revealing razor-sharp teeth. The creature dragged me deeper into the woods, away from the trail. I struggled and fought, but it was no use. It was too strong. It pinned me to the ground and began to feast on my flesh. I remember thinking that this was it. This was the end. And then everything went black. When I woke up, I was in the ranger station. Park Ranger Harold was sitting next to me. He was the one who had found my body and brought me back to civilization. You're lucky to be alive, he said. I found you just in time, but I'm afraid the creature got away. I felt a surge of fear and anger. How could this have happened? How could a creature like that be roaming free in the national park? Harold must have sensed my emotions, because he quickly added, Don't worry, we'll take care of it. I've already reported the incident to my supervisor, and he's sending out a team to track and capture the creature. But as it turns out, the supervisor had different plans. He didn't want to call the police because he feared that if the public found out about the creature, the national park would be closed down. So instead, he tasked Harold with finding and killing the creature himself. Harold was reluctant to accept the mission, but he knew he had no choice. He was the only one with experience tracking the creature, and he couldn't let anyone else get hurt. So he went into the woods, armed with only a rifle and a determination to take down the monster. 
It was a cold and dark night when Harold finally caught sight of the creature. He raised his rifle, took aim, and fired. But the creature was fast and agile. It dodged the bullet and tackled Harold. The next morning, another ranger went to investigate and only found Harold's radio dispatcher. They searched for him, but they never found his body. It's been days since Harold went missing, and the creature still roams free. I can't help but think that I was the one who brought this curse upon us all. If I had only stayed on the trail, if I had only ignored the legends, Harold would still be alive. But now it's too late. The creature is out there and it's hungry. I can only hope that the next person who crosses its path is luckier than I was. I was a park ranger at an American national park known for its lush forests and towering mountains. The stillness of the night was only broken by the occasional hoot of an owl and the rustling of leaves and the gentle breeze. And I was on patrol in my jeep, scanning the surroundings for any signs of danger or disturbance. As I drove down a remote road, I suddenly saw a light in the distance. I decided to check it out. As I got closer, I realized that the light was moving almost as if it was alive. I couldn't explain it, but I had a feeling that something was off. I got out of my jeep and approached the source of the light, my hand instinctively reaching for my flashlight. To my shock, what I saw was a ghostly figure, its translucent body glowing eerily in the moonlight. The ghost was dressed in tattered clothes and had a wicked grin on its face. I felt a chill run down my spine as the ghost suddenly burst into a fit of evil laughter. I tried to talk to the ghost to find out what it wanted, but it just disappeared into the woods, leaving me confused and scared. I quickly jumped into my jeep and drove back to the park headquarters, unsure of what had just happened and what the ghost wanted from me. The next morning, I couldn't shake off the feeling of unease from the night before. I told my colleagues about the ghost, but they didn't believe me. They thought I was just imagining things, but I knew what I saw. I decided to investigate further and started to gather information about the history of the park. I found out that the park was built on sacred Native American land, and that there had been several reports of ghost sightings over the years. Days went by and the ghost continued to haunt me. I would see it at night, always laughing and taunting me. I couldn't sleep or eat, and my colleagues were starting to become worried about my mental state. One night, I finally couldn't take it anymore. I grabbed my flashlight and headed back to the spot where I saw the ghost. I called out to it, demanding to know what it wanted from me. Suddenly, the ghost appeared, its form becoming more solid. It told me that the park was built on sacred land and that it was angry that its resting place had been disturbed. The ghost demanded that I help it put the spirits of its ancestors to rest by performing a sacred ceremony. I knew that I had to do what the ghost asked, and I worked with local Native American leaders to perform the ceremony. After the ceremony was complete, the ghost finally disappeared, and I was able to sleep peacefully for the first time in weeks. From that day on, I made sure to respect the land and the spirits that inhabited it, and I never saw the ghost again but I will never forget that frightening encounter and the lesson it taught me about the importance of respecting the dead and the land they call home. However, my colleagues and I started to notice strange occurrences happening around the park.
Trees would shake for no reason, and strange whispers could be heard in the wind. Some of the visitors even reported seeing ghostly apparitions in the woods. We soon realized that the ghost was not the only one who was angry. There were others who had also been disturbed by the park's construction, and they were seeking revenge. One night I received a distress call from one of the camping sites. When I arrived, I found that several tents had been destroyed and several people were missing. I searched the surrounding area and eventually stumbled upon a clearing where I saw the ghostly apparition standing together, holding the missing people captive. I realized that I had to do something to stop them, but I was only one person against many angry spirits. I remembered the ceremony that I performed with the Native American leaders and knew that I had to perform it again. This time, with the help of my colleagues, we gathered together and performed the ceremony, calling upon the spirits of the land to restore balance and peace. To our surprise, the ghostly apparitions disappeared, and the missing people were released unharmed. From that day on, the park was at peace, and the spirits that had once haunted it were finally at rest. I learned that sometimes the things that scare us the most can teach us the greatest lessons, and that the land we live on must be respected and honored. I and my husband were driving down Cabbage Patch, a narrow gravel road near Pine Thicket, looking for deer when husband said, what is that? I looked and said, what the heck is that? I saw a large brown object slightly bent over as if to pick up something. It raised straight upon two legs, had long arms, broad shoulders, and stood about seven to eight foot tall, very hairy. About that time it ran into the pine thicket with the speed of lighting. We were about twenty to thirty yards from it. We went back to the site the next morning and we found a small footprint about eight inches long and a big footprint about thirteen inches long in sight of where we'd seen it. We found some hair on a fence and metal poles that had been stepped on and bent over the fence was pulled up off the post and bottom fence all the way to the ground. We found a persimmon in the area that it was seen and there was no persimmon tree nowhere around. The sightening was about 1.30 p.m. CST. It was about a one and a half a mile from my house. To give some background, my family owns a trailer home which sits on a cliff overlooking Lake Kootenay in the south of the Canadian province of British Columbia. This trailer was used as a sort of a summer getaway destination, as my parents and I visit for about a week or more each summer. The trailer itself is quite old. It was turned into a home by the previous owners in the 70s, but it's despite its age, it's still a very enjoyable place to experience the warmest months. The trailer sits in the middle of a cedar pine forest with a small clearing on the side facing away from the water to park vehicles, as well as a driveway connecting to the road, which is about 110 feet away. The nearest town is roughly a 15-minute drive, and there are no neighbors. I sleep at the opposite end of the trailer, which I call the cabin, as there is an additional dining room and porch built onto the trailer, with a bed at the front end, and mine at the very back. There are two windows next to where I sleep, with one facing parallel to the lake and the other towards the previously mentioned parking area. 
Due to the positioning of our cabin in a mountain valley around 9 p.m. in the summer, it gets very dark very quickly. Since we sometimes are outside after this time, there's a bright lamp mounted on the front end of the trailer which completely illuminates the porch area facing the lake and partially lights the parking area, creating an orange glow that can get spooky, especially when raining. I hope the backstory wasn't too long, but it might help you get a sense of the surroundings. Around 11 p.m. one night, uh, I was still awake sitting in bed and reading. I keep blinds of the window facing away from the lake open as to provide a little light for reading without having to turn on any inside lamps. The light momentarily gets dimmer, so I glance outside. What I saw was a large, almost glowing white creature, which was moving through the semi-lit area, casting a shadow over my window. It had very long and spindly limbs, and I could see contours that looked like emaciated ribs on its side. It was hard to estimate a height because it was moving bent over in what I can only describe as a crawl. Just looking at it instilled so much fear that I couldn't look away, despite how much I wanted to. The creature moved at a fast walking pace from the front of the cabin and into the tree line. At the time, I wanted to believe that it was some form of very sick, hairless bear, as we frequently saw bears in the area. Looking back, the limbs were just too long to be a bear and too skinny. Also, I would think a bear with mange would still have some hair or discolored skin, but this creature didn't. It appeared entirely to be a white color, and the light from the lamp reflected off its side, making it glow a little. I wish I could provide any form of evidence that what I saw really happened, but ultimately it's the reader's choice whether to believe me or not. When I have a moment, I'll draw a diagram to detail its movement in relation from where I was looking from. I was squirrel hunting on public hunting property in northwest Indiana, DNR, about an hour from my house. It is my habit to start my hunting early in the morning. I had never felt any pressure while hunting in this area or since the incident, so I thought nothing of hunting this day. It was fairly quiet except for the twittering of the occasional bird while I'd been there. It was after 11 a.m. when I decided to take a little break and have a snack from my pack, so I took a seat along the trail. As I sat there, a voice came into my thoughts that said, Behind you, you preached to listen to your inner voice and trust it. I did. I turned around to look behind me. As soon as I got turned around, I saw an enormous being about nine feet tall and 1,000 pounds, with long, flowing, reddish-brown hair all over his body that resembled an orangutan in color. I only saw it for one or two seconds, because that is how long it took for it to stride across the trail opening. I got the impression that it didn't know or didn't care that I was there, since it didn't look my way. I was about 120 yards away just sitting on the side of the trail. I suddenly wanted to get the hell out of there, realizing that I was no longer the apex predator in those woods. The twenty-two semi-auto rifle I had would have done nothing more than piss off the creature and offered no more protection than a sharp, pointy stick. I head back to my car, looking over my shoulder, the entire time wondering if I was going to end up as a statistic, but I was not going to let this thing destroy my love for the woods.
It took me a while, but I did make it back to those same woods. I now say at the very beginning of my hunts that I'm only there to harvest a few squirrels and to enjoy the woods. I'm not there looking for them. I ask that they not scare me while I'm there. So far, that has been working. Does this offer credence to man-speak? I don't know. Did the Sasquatch let me know it was there, wanting me to see it? I don't know, but that is what I am leaning toward. As a young rookie police officer named Johnny, I had seen my fair share of strange things on the job, but nothing could have prepared me for what I was about to face in that national park. When I got the call about a murder there, I didn't expect it to be anything out of the ordinary, but as I arrived at the scene, it became clear that something was amiss. The victim had been torn apart in a way that no human could have done. I started to piece together the clues and realized that the only logical explanation was that the killer was a Bigfoot type of creature. The corpse had unusual marks and paw prints on it, too big to be an ordinary animal. Also, I had heard stories of Bigfoot sightings in the area, but I had never believed in them until now. As I started to investigate further, I began to see signs of the creature's presence all around me. Large footprints in the mud, broken branches and disturbed earth. I knew I had to find the creature, or allow him to find me. Unintentionally, I found a clue on the corpse that led me to a local cave. There was a certain kind of flower on the corpse, only found on a part of park where there is a cave. I didn't tell anyone about my discovery. I decided to venture alone there. So I went there. I made my way inside and found nothing. Strange. I couldn't shake the feeling that I was being watched. Suddenly a massive figure loomed out of the darkness. It was a Bigfoot, and it was angry. The creature tackled me, and I tried to fought back as best I could. But it was no use. The Bigfoot was too strong and too fast. As I lay on the ground, I realized that I might not make it out of this cave alive. I tried to run away, but the creature was too fast. It grabbed me by the arm and lifted me off the ground, its hot breath on my face. I closed my eyes and braced for the end, but it didn't come. Fortunately, the Bigfoot heard something behind him. I didn't, but I was sure he had some superior hearing abilities. It was something far away that interested him more than killing me, I guess. He put me down and vanished into the woods. I was shaken and confused. I returned to a park ranger station, tried to explain to people there what happened. They mocked me. They said that bear attacked a young camper and that they wrote it off as an accident. I tried to persuade them that that wasn't true, but they just said that I smoked some weird crap and that I'll get fired for it. What the if? I grew up an only child in rural Pennsylvania. I used to sneak out of my bedroom and go hang out in our backyard on summer nights when I had trouble sleeping or woke up in the middle of the night. This was around ages 6-8, mid-90s. I'd go sit just below the top of the backyard hill where I was out of sight of our kitchen window. There were trees to the left with a wild open field across the rest of a mile-wide valley. We had a large hill with a bump in the middle that was perfect for sledding in the winter. 
Below that was a field with a deer trail cutting through the bottom of the hill, and a creek beyond at the center of the valley. On a clear night with a bright moon, you could see across the valley I grew up in about a mile, to where my best friend's house had their floodlights on all night behind their house. And when I say rural, I mean very rural Pennsylvania. Parent-teacher conferences were scheduled the first day of hunting season, and kids would often be out for a couple of days just for that. We had two houses in eyeline of our house from that backyard. It was more than 30 miles to our nearest Walmart. I also grew up very familiar with deer, bear, rabbits, and even saw a mountain lion once while hiking with family. All of this to say, I am familiar with wildlife there. The first night I saw Dogman was like any other. I was chilling in the grass, thrilled to just be doing something my parents didn't know about. I saw something moving quickly down along the deer trail. It was dark black against the rest of the night, partway through its path from the woods beside my house. It noticed me and stopped. We just stared at each other for what felt like a long time. It stood up and its ears were long enough to notice from a 100 yard or so distance. It was too thin to be a black bear, which I'd already seen a few times at that age. The staring continued for a long time. Eventually, it put its ears back down, put its front paws on the ground, and sprinted across the valley. I called it my werewolf because of the shape of it standing up. I don't think I ever told anybody. Like now, I, I loved having a secret. But after that first sighting, I went and sat outside a lot more. I remember once on a new moon I sat on the porch because I was too scared to go too far with how dark it was without the moon. I saw it three, four more times after that. It was usually running into the woods by my house, which were more than ten full acres owned just for hunting season. My werewolf never bothered me after that but I remember I was really disappointed when it got cold outside and I'd have to stop going out at night because I wouldn't see it. When I was younger, I used to go to a place called Desolation Wilderness near Camino, California. It was the perfect place for camping and fishing, realizing that it had been a few years since my last trip. I talked to a friend of mine to go camping and fishing. We managed to talk another friend into coming with us, and then we were off. We arrived around 1 p.m. and decided to hike upstream from a place called Wright's Lake, and then, when we found a good spot, we would set up camp. After walking for a couple hours, a ranger found us hiking and told us that we actually weren't even technically in desolation wilderness yet, and that we needed to keep hiking for a bit longer. I started tearing down the camp, but I guess the other two guys were not as enthusiastic about the trip as I was. They left for Placerville to find a hotel room. When they left, I hiked up a bit farther, but I started to worry about the amount of time I had to find a place and set up my camp before dark. As I hiked, I tried to remember the ranger's instructions, but I ended up getting lost. Finally, I found a granite cliff with a stream that had a beautiful pool of water and was right on the tree line. I thought it was perfect, so I set up camp and started fishing. When the sun had set and the sky was dark, I decided to go to sleep. Cozy in my sleeping bag, I started to drift off, but then I heard something growl outside my tent. 
I grabbed the .45 compact handgun from its case and looked down through the screen on the front of the tent. From where I was standing, I could only see a dark figure that looked around four and a half feet tall standing near the trees. Thinking that it was a bear, I started yelling, hoping that I would scare it away. It didn't move. I then fired a shot at a dead tree nearby. That startled it and it ran back into the forest. But to my surprise, it didn't go very far. I climbed back into my tent. Then I heard crashing sounds. It was the sound of rocks falling off the cliff and hitting the pool below and the rocks around it. This was unnerving. I climbed out of my tent a few times, but I couldn't see anything even though the moon was bright and the white granite rocks reflected its paleness. Crashing rocks hit every few minutes until around two in the morning. Then it stopped, but I heard something rustling just outside my tent. I yelled at it and tried to scare it off. But instead of scaring it, I heard a very deep growling sound in return. At this point, I didn't want to wait until it got too close. So I got out of my tent and looked around. Nothing. I decided to shoot the tree again to see if the creature would react, then run back into the forest again just like the first time. But it stopped again. As I listened to the sounds of his moving, I realized that it was running on two feet. This was not a bear. I didn't want to go back into my tent. I grabbed my sleeping bag and moved over to the middle of the big slab of white granite nearby. I felt safer and knew the forest was further away from me. But I could still hear the noises of rocks crashing. I prayed the sun would come up soon. At about 4.30 in the morning, I was awoken from my light sleep. I looked back at the trees but didn't see anything. So I looked back over at my tent. There it was standing at the side of my tent. I panicked and picked up my gun and shot the side of the creature, but it didn't flinch. Then with giant steps, it walked toward me. I shot at it. I wasn't sure if a .45 would even stop such a beast. But it was my only hope. After the second shot rang out, it was off into the trees. Shaking like a leaf, I sat down, clutching my gun. I waited for hours until the light started to appear in the sky. I broke camp and headed back down to Wright's Lake. That was also the last time I saw the creature. That was also the last time I went to the desolation wilderness and I will never go back. I saw the rake or something that I call the rake. I can't tell you what it was. I was driving late at night in the Rocky Mountains in Colorado. I live 30 miles south of Alamosa, Colorado. I was driving on a back road with my buddy taking him home near my house. It was about 12 a.m. Out of nowhere, this thing appeared in the headlights in the middle of the road. It was crouching over some roadkill. It was humanoid. It was pale. It looked like it had no ears. It looked like a Wendigo from until dawn looked like it was seven feet tall, abnormally long arms, no ears, no nose, and some nasty teeth. It wasn't skinny, but its skin was tight with ribs visible, and like long claws on the end of its hands. I was barely able to dodge it with my truck as I was driving considerably fast. As I swerved around it, it seemed like time slowed down and it looked up from the roadkill it was eating and stared at me as I passed. Its eyes were yellow. I immediately braked and yelled at my friend, What the F did you see that? His eyes were wide with fear and he nods at me. I throw the truck in reverse. 
but when I approached the roadkill, it was gone. And he claims to have seen it too. So I know I'm not crazy. When I was a kid, I read a lot of stories about the rake. I know the rake isn't real, so maybe they invented a creature that already existed. Maybe it's a cave creature like in The Descent. If you have any questions, please ask. I've been doing a lot of research. I want to find out what this is. I've been obsessed with him. I need answers. I won't stop looking for him. Hello, old Texas scare. I encountered something strange on my job. I work on an oil rig. My job is to run an excavator and mix off the mud that comes out of the ground and do stuff that needs big machine. Because of the locations of these rigs, I have to drive to pretty remote places in the wilderness of Canada. Anyhow, one of the light towers at the edge of the lease went out. I went over, and in the forest I could see these weird-like fireflies type of things, but like the size of a basketball. But they weren't bright, like they weren't lighting things up around them. Then I started feeling super uneasy. Then in between some trees I could see this big-ass silhouette of a person with red glowing eyes. I ran back into the machine just to see it walking away. When I was in it I ended up telling the crew. I'm not the only one who's seen it. Like half of them have seen it and two of them have had it smile at them. WTF is, is this thing. Also, I'm so sorry for the punctuation. In 2012, I was driving through southern Utah with a friend. Completely empty desert land surrounded by mountains. And both of us saw something or several somethings, actually. They were running alongside the car, but we were faster at 80-ish miles per hour and left them behind. They were incredibly tall. My friend remembers them being tan-colored, but I thought they were more white. Definitely not the color of any animal I know in the area. And by tall, I mean more than twice as tall as the car or more so eight-plus feet. They were running on all fours right next to the road. Their legs were very thin and tall, and I remember seeing large ears on the top of the head like a bunny, but my friend doesn't remember that. I also think, since they reminded me so much of the ratable creatures in the dark crystal, my brain might have added the ears, but those are the closest comparisons I have to what I think we saw. Google dark crystal landstriders if you want a comparison. We both saw them and freaked out to the point of us both screaming, and we never knew what we had seen. Is there a known cryptid that looks like this or lives in this area?